1: And welcome to another episode of the Pod Mania podcast. I'm your host Rob Godwin and I'm joined by Garth. How are you, my friend?
0: Good, good, yes. I'm excited. New era.
1: Yeah, oh so am um, I just want to, before we kick into our uh, review, I just want to say again, thank you to all the positive support we've had when we said we were going to make the change from WWE as like our main base of reviewing and things like that to Ring of Honor and Impact because let's... <laughs> To be perfectly honest, it was overwhelmingly positive, wasn't it, on Twitter and Facebook? Yeah.
0: I mean, even the ones who sort of said, Oh, what are you doing? It wasn't sort of taken it on board, you understand what where they're coming from. But it seemed just a disservice to, to, to everybody if we're just going through the motions.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And like you say, I completely understand where people are saying, you know, you're crazy to omit WWE. But again, we're not omitting WWE. We're just we're doing a review of the big five pay per views, that's it. Um, and we're carrying on with NXT but like you say it would have been a complete disservice to the people that listen to the podcast of which mm. there are lots and lots and growing all the time so thank you for that mm. um, you know it would be a disservice to them if we just went well this pay-per-view was a bit gash yeah. <laughs> this happened, this happened This happened. and you know if we're not enjoying it how are we going to be providing a service to you guys
0: That's So it. I mean it's like the Rolling Stones always said if you can't turn yourself on you can't turn anyone else on
1: I love the fact that we are one minute into the podcast and we are already quoting The Rolling Stones. That makes me so (laughs) happy. (laughs) However, of course, we're not here to talk about The Rolling Stones. More's the pity. We are here to talk about the first Impact review of our, in inverted commas, new era. Uh, Well, what a time to change to Impact. With all the buzz surrounding this show, Slammiversary 16 is now in the can. Um, And, well, if you haven't already seen the buzz on Twitter, on Facebook, from all, the entire wrestling community by the looks of it, this show was really, really good. Really yeah. good. And um, I said not so long ago, it's nice to see that there is a bit of buzz around Impact, um, you know, because obviously they went through a slump. And I said when we did Slammiversary 2006, um, and I said we're harkening back to a time when Impact was decent and someone said, you know, you need to watch the current product because the current product is improving all the time. And they are absolutely yeah. right. You know, the current product is decent. You've got wrestlers like Pentagon and Phoenix from other promotions like Taiji Ishimori, who was in this show. You know, decent wrestlers. Then you've got people like Johnny Impact. You've got people like Austin Aries, Moose, holding this company together. And they are starting to bring through some actual stars. And it's it's really, really good to see Um and the entire pay per view was really well produced. The video packages were all fantastic, and we were talking about this before we came on air. Every single one got you hyped for the match
0: yeah. that was coming and up, it, and it really sort of helped going in, not really having watched Impact for a while. It totally gave the sort of the the lowdown on the stories.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's pretty obvious that me and Garth are coming in fairly relatively blind to Impact, but. With the lowdowns they were doing with the backstage interviews that they did and with the fantastically produced video packages, you know, it just seemed like it was, you know, it was second nature to us. We were coming into it and, like, oh, right, this has happened. Oh, okay, that's quite easy to follow. Um, you know, even the one at the start, which was quite apocalyptic, to be perfectly honest, narrated by Barry Scott, which made me laugh because it just made me think of, you know, the bang and the dirt is gone advert. But yeah, really, really good. We started, though, with a fatal four way. Um, And this just seemed to be an exhibition match, which, to be honest, was a fantastic way to open this pay-per-view. And it was between P.T. Williams, Johnny Impact, Ray Phoenix, and Taiji Ishimori Bone Soldier. There was two things to note before this match. The first is, P.T. Williams was not an original contender in this match. It was supposed to be Rich Swan, But unfortunately, he seemed to have got a concussion at MCW. And secondly, the inclusion of the Bone Soldier, which hopefully, could be the starting of Impact building bridges between yeah. themselves and New Japan after so their atrocious use of New Japan talent back in the day.
0: That's obviously Don Callis. It helps, while, yeah. it helps massively. It helps
1: massively. And I think, you know, the... Not the inspiration, what's the word I'm looking for? The the Don Callis touch, let's say, <laughs> can be seen everywhere here. Yeah. You know, it was just a very, very cohesive show. And I think you know the stars and the talent have a lot of respect for him. He was dressed like an absolute numpty,
0: but <laughs> He's just, he was just like a like a Hollywood car salesman.
1: Yes, he was. He was <laughs> literal, literal rose tainted glasses. Rose tainted glasses.
0: Um, His skin as orange skin, like dude, like uh, brother love.
1: Yes, he did. He did look like brother love. <laughs> Fantastic. Anyway, this was what a match, what a match sure to could. kick us off. Yeah. Um, you know. Don Callis, I think, said that this was the beat of impact. You know, these four men were the beat of impact. And I can't agree more. It's never <laughs> been stronger. Um, it, just everything that they did. And it was it was spot after spot after spot after spot. Um, Ishimori, Springboard, Hurricane Rana to Phoenix. There was a great interchange between Ishimori and Johnny Impact, um, yeah, both awesome. missing shooting star presses and then standing moonsaults. It was, and then the standoff between the two. Really, really enjoyed that.
0: Yeah. I loved the like in the middle of all this wrestling. Then you see Pete Williams get up in the corner and start singing All Canada." Yeah.
1: <laughs> what did Josh Matthews say? You. He was being interactive with the crowd.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um. Yeah. Pete Williams, considering he was a late addition to this match. I mean, Rich Swan's um injury I think took place on the Thursday. This show was on the Sunday, so he didn't exactly have a lot of time to prepare. <laughs> but you couldn't tell. At all, no. he fits seamlessly into this match. Um, for me, this seemed to be a sort of platform for Phoenix.
0: Yeah, um, some of the stuff. I mean, that where he did like the um, the stuff in the corner, and then he was on the apron, and then sort of dove through the middle, ro- rolled, and did like a flying cutter. The yeah, like the rolling cutter.
1: cutter, absolutely Bumble incredible, absolutely incredible. Um, there was a bit where he did a double foot stomp. Off the top row onto <sighs> Pete Williams. That looked and absolutely honestly, I thought he'd taken Williams' head off with it.
0: Yeah. I thought he'd like, smash his face in.
1: <laughs> it was it was vicious. In fact, that was um soon after basically everyone got their finishing moves off apart from Johnny Impact, and that's key. Um so there was a lovely super kick party in the middle, yeah. apart apart from Pete Williams who went for the gut, then went to go and springboard off the ropes and just <laughs> ate a super kick from Phoenix, I think. Um <laughs> But yeah, we started with Ishimori, who had I think it was Phoenix in was sort like of tombstone a... position. Yeah. And then sort of flipped him for a lung blower. And um, Pete Williams then picked up Taji Ishimori for a Canadian destroyer. And then Phoenix off the top rope hit, you know, as forementioned, hit Peter Williams in the face with that double foot stomp. Jesus Christ, that looked like it absolutely wrecked.
0: Yeah.
1: Um we shouldn't forget as well that spot on the outside where everyone was diving over the top rope.
0: Yeah. Just then, you had a, like that insane dive. In Phoenix, where he just sort of torpedoed.
1: He's he outside. is a very very special talent. Very very special. Um, and speaking of Phoenix, there's one moment where he has uh, Peter Williams on the top rope. Phoenix has him in a sort of muscle buster. And yeah. as he's turning round for the muscle buster, eats a super kick from Johnny Impact. <laughs> Johnny Impact, starship pain, doesn't quite get all of it. Um, sort of gets like his sort of underarm onto Phoenix, yeah. but covers, gets the pinfall. And I think that was probably the right result because oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. Impact, they have said, has you know, just come back to Impact Wrestling. And you want that sort of talent. I mean, Phoenix, his main promotion will be Lucha Underground. Mm -hmm. But you want to sort of tempt talent, you know, talent like Johnny Impact, who was absolutely fantastic, loved him when he was John Morrison in WWE and still love him now. You know, you want to tempt talent like that to your company. And if you can put on matches like this with the talent that you're tempting to your company, then surely good things are ahead. Yeah, definitely. Um, Go on, what were you going to say?
0: Just saying, especially with them not being... "Quote unquote, sort of full-time employees of Impact, so they're sort of in and out, but they still felt part of it, if you know what I mean. Like it wasn't just a way in for a one-off. I mean, Johnny Impact. I mean, they put put quite a lot of stock on that Johnny on Johnny Impact, even though he's in a lot of places. They were sort of heavily sort of pushing him here before the match when they said when they had him with the the baseball team and things like that.
1: Yeah, he was doing a lot of." A lot of promotional work with the Toronto Blue Jays, wasn't he?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, throwing the first pitch at the game, having his photos taken and things like that. But then again, look who the champion is. And Austin Aries, notoriously, is the belt collector. He goes round promotions. And if your champion's <laughs> doing that, I mean, we could do an entire podcast on the way that Impact handle their contracts. Yeah.
0: but well, that's, um, that's the refreshing thing about it is, and I notice all the way through the pay-per-view is, they were quite happy to to mention other promotions. They quite happily mentioned WWE.
1: They did um, it. Um, I can't remember who they did it for. Um, but they talked about how they'd fought in all sorts of promotions and literally listed them off. You know the WWE. Um,
0: was it not Aries? No, it
1: was earlier on in the show. Um, and I did make a note of it. And I can't remember who it was. Matt Seidel. Right. That's right. Yeah. Um, who's been in seemingly every, seemingly every single promotion. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. That was sort of just the greatest kickoff you could possibly have. And genuinely, I felt sorry for the match that I had to follow it. Yeah. But here we had a sort of grudge match between Tessa Blanchard and Ali. And in my opinion, you have got to build the knockouts division around Tessa Blanchard.
0: Definitely. She, she is, is incredible. She's the the Charlotte Flair of this whole division, easily. Yeah,
1: absolutely. If you to have a dream match between Impact and WWE, one of them got, has got to be Charlotte versus Tessa yeah. Blanchard. She's fantastic. She's
0: just, she's just got that look that she looks like a, like a sort of a sports star. She's built differently. Yeah. Uh, um, but she still looks like amazing.
1: Yeah, if you look at the build of Ali and Madison Rain later on in the show... Tessa Blanchard is built differently. She pushes herself to be sort of a stronger woman. You know, she wants to be the dominant woman. Um, But I just think that you know, you build your women's division around her. It's money. It really, really is. Mm -hmm. And you know, this was a this was a good match. You know, it was nothing on the Fatal Four Way, but then again. Any match was going to seem less compared to that. But it was a good match. You know, they started off staring off at each other. The entire premise of this was that Tessa Blanchard was sort of an arrogant person who came into the knockouts division, thought she immediately owned it, got beaten by Madison Reign, and Madison Reign, you know, was beat her by fluke, effectively. Yeah. Tessa Blanchard then went and beat her up. And, you know, Super Alley came and defended her for some bizarre reason. <laughs> um. So this match happened. And it was okay. Tessa obviously had the early advantage. There was a bit where they were facing off and they were sort of um, chatting shit to each other. And Tessa Blanchard hit Ali with a forearm. Ali retaliated with a punch. And I can't (laughs) tell if Tessa Blanchard just completely no-sold it or if Ali just completely missed with the punch. And I can't tell which one it was because Tessa Blanchard just stood there.
0: Yeah, and if it was, it, so what the fuck was
1: that? It was the <laughs> most fantastic no sell I've ever seen. Um, there was obviously constant reference to the new Ali, you know, yeah. what she'd been through. Obviously, Sue Young had gotten rid of, um, what was her name? Rosemary. Um, and then she'd beaten Ali for the Knockouts Championship and had buried her and put her in a coffin and all sorts. But they were sort of saying, oh, the old Ali wouldn't have done this. This is the new yeah. Ali. like that corner suplex where it was
0: like right into the buckle
1: yeah she was willing to go that extra yard to win the match Um, though it did make me laugh she did um, on the apron she ran to the post and sort of jumped off the top turnbuckle into sort of a cross like going round into a crossbody (laughs) onto uh, Tessa Blanchard on the outside and Don Callis who was fantastic throughout the show I loved Don Callis throughout the show just went that's not the prettiest thing you're going to see Yeah, and it was
0: (laughs) fair enough yeah
1: um, but yeah, there was an alley Valley driver on the outside, which looked painful. And then, oh my god, this Hurricane Rana from the top rope. That was brilliant. Um, Ali is on the top rope. Um, Tessa Blanchard gets up with her, goes for the Hurricane Rana. And I can't tell if it was botched or was just incredibly strong style because oh. the way Ali landed was straight on the top of her head, and yeah, the way Tessa tight. Blanchard landed was right on her front.
0: And it was sort of really slow. It yeah, wasn't it was. like a sort of whip. It was quite slow. Yeah. I like that though because it looked sort of quite like aggressive.
1: Yeah, exactly. It did look aggressive. I just couldn't tell if it was botched because the way it landed, I was like, "Fucking hell!" That looked like it <laughs> wrecked. And that is not the last time I'll be thinking that around the show.
0: No, um,
1: no. Well, I will say this about Ali: she's got a fantastic code breaker. I was just going to
0: mention that. Yeah,
1: it's a pretty decent code breaker. And she's got a pretty good superkick as well. In fact, oh, it's called I like, the world's best superkick.
0: I'll still see the best superkick ever. I love that.
1: It's like um, Christopher Daniels with the best moonsault ever. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um,
1: but yeah, Tessa rolls out after a code breaker and then kicks out of um, a world's best superkick after two. Um, this, this was the one issue I had with the match. Um, the end to me, or the ending sequence, seemed very, very untidy. And it just seemed a bit too complicated. Basically, Ali gets Tessa Blanchard up for another Alley Valley driver. And somehow, Tessa Blanchard wriggles out of it, gets her in a Hammerlock DDT, and hits her with the DDT. But it was just it was that transition from being up on the shoulders for the Alley Valley driver and then getting into the hammerlock position. It just it just seemed very untidy.
0: It looked it was quite rushed as well. Like the way she sort of She was so quick to get up after the the finishes from Ali. Yeah, that was, that was what I. That was the first thing I thought. I thought she's getting up. She's not really selling the the finishes.
1: No, no. It, it seemed like a bit of a rushed finish. You're right. It just I don't know. It something just didn't Less, work anyway.
0: Unless they have being told like time to finish it before time or something.
1: Yeah, I have no doubt that that's probably the finishing sequence. But I don't know. It just seemed either that there was a bit missing or I don't know. It just seemed very rushed anyway. Tessa Blanchard hit the <laughs> Hamillard DDT for the win.
0: I like that. Fin- I like that finisher. I like. I like any time somebody uses a DDT as a finisher. Just harken
1: back to Jason Snake.
0: It, it just should be, yeah. It's you're driving somebody's head into the canvas.
1: Yeah. Um. It was. You know. Was it was a decent end to the match. It's just a shame about that finishing sequence.
0: It's a sh- shame the, the crowd didn't really seem that into this one either. I suppose it probably sort of shot the load a little bit early.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's true. When you open with a match that includes those four men. It's very difficult to stay that amped for the rest. But to be fair, the Toronto crowd were really good throughout this match, uh, throughout oh, yeah. the pay per view. Sorry. Um, one thing I could not get used to was how close the ramp was to the to the ring. I oh, know, like literally, like, um, the ring led the ramp led directly into the ring. It was so it weird. Was like,
0: it was like the old WCW um, pay per view. Some of those, yeah, where they used to do that. It was a small room
1: it didn't look massive, it looked fantastic and the way they'd really, done it up was really
0: good. Really close quarters, wasn't it? it yes, yeah. was, It was quite sort of, I wouldn't say old school, but sort of yeah, like ECW style with the sort of metal guardrails and the fact that the the announcers were right next to the ring.
1: I think that worked for a lot of the matches as well because it yeah. added to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially with this next match and obviously the semi-main event. This, you know, that sort of that ECW feel certainly yeah, helped, definitely, yeah. definitely. Um, Speaking of ECW, fantastic <laughs> segue. Uh, hey. We're on to the House of Hardcore match between Eddie Edwards and Tommy Dreamer. This was yeah, the- stemming from Eddie Edwards' obsession with Sammy Callahan, uh, after Sammy Callahan decided to take part in the stupidest spot I think I've ever seen, where he had a chair open on the chest of Eddie Edwards and went to hit the top of the chair with the baseball bat, missed the chair entirely, and basically decimated Eddie Edwards' eye socket.
0: But, yeah, it sort of like deflected off the shedding and hit him in the
1: face. But what I don't understand is, fair enough, accidents happen. Obviously, they've worked it into a storyline, so excellent, well done. But that spot wouldn't have hurt that much. Anyway.
0: If it had been, yeah, the yeah, original. If he'd yeah. just
1: left the chair flat, maybe. <laughs> that would have hurt more anyway that's by the by this was months ago um that sort of obsession of eddie edwards with sammy Callahan has driven him to you know basically being a person that he doesn't want to be Um tommy Dreamer's has tried to help him and for that in return for that help eddie edwards thinks that tommy dreamer is sleeping with his wife which is an absolutely <laughs> the right assumption to have you know friend is helping friend must be sleeping with wife um, I, thought, I thought the video was brilliant. Here, the video package was fantastic, and how we talked about earlier, how we said how the video packages helped us catch up on storylines. This mm-hmm. was the prime example. Yeah. Um. But I liked it's how. Quite, go on.
0: It, I just it was quite intense. The video, the way it was sort of laid out, and the way it was the interview. I mean, Tommy Dreamer. I mean, there was there was, like swearing and everything. <laughs> Do you know what though?
1: Tommy Dreamer, when he went from ECW to WWE, WWE fucked him over majorly because they just didn't use him to his to his strength at all. And I feel that this match, this promo, everything they did in this sort of section just played to his strengths. Yeah. Like, completely 100%. I love the fact that they paralleled the feud between Eddie Edwards. Well, not even the feud, the obsession between Eddie Edwards and uh, Sammy Callahan. How Tommy Dreamer said, I've been there, man. Look at what yeah. I did with Raven and ECW. <laughs> uh, that was brilliant, because it's absolutely exactly what happened there. Yeah. Um. Just before we start, I'm not a fan of how people who are about 19, 20 in the crowd shouting ECW when what. they weren't even alive when ECW was a thing.
0: <laughs> not like okay thing, with that. It's like the thing to do whenever there's a hardcore match.
1: Anytime there's anything even remotely hardcore. Oh my God, it's <laughs> a forearm. ECW, ECW. <laughs> um... But yeah, it was a, this was a really, really good match. Um, obviously, it wasn't really a match. It was a brawl. Um, and in a similar way to the Fatal 4 way, it was just spot, 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 spot. Yeah. Um, there was a couple of things that I really, really enjoyed. Dreamer taking a beer off a fan and slapping it in the face of Eddie Edwards. That was quite fun. Um,
0: turn it to the man and say, are you, are you a beer? Yeah, it was fantastic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and do you know what? He's that nice a guy but he probably did buy him a beer afterwards. I oh, know, that's a, that um, good. Tommy Dreamer grabbing an ECW title from the crowd um, was such, and slamming such, Eddie Edwards in the head with it. A, such a massive
0: grin on my face when he did
1: that. Oh, my God, it was just fantastic. It just tied everything in perfectly. Really was amazing. Um, there was the staple gun, obviously teased very, very early. Yeah. Um, that kind of got the crowd amped. And then the first use of it, um, Eddie Edwards goes for a sunset flip pin combination and Tommy Dreamer just stands there, doesn't go down and just staples Eddie Edwards in the face. <laughs> <That> was, <laughs> Which was basically all that happened. Just basically that it then degraded into stapling each other's heads. Um, Tommy Dreamer then stops day, I mean, Eddie Edwards hitting a kendo stick shot with a cutter.
0: I was going to say the the kendo stick's pretty brutal.
1: Yeah. the Both men don't hold back with this. Huh. One thing I will say though... The reason I've mentioned uh, Tommy Dreamer stopping Eddie Edwards' kendo uh, stick shot with a cutter is because as Tommy Dreamer hit the cutter, Don Callis said, Out of nowhere.
0: <laughs> now,
1: <laughs> I don't know if that's an intentional rib of the RKO out of nowhere, but it just, it really made me giggle. Um,
0: it's Don Ca- I wouldn't be surprised if it had been Don Callis.
1: No, that is true. That is true. Um We then had Tommy Dreamer picking Eddie Edwards up off the top rope for a Spicoli driver from the top rope through two chairs, which didn't put him away. Eddie Edwards kicked out at two. Um, We then had the flaming table spot teased, which got, oh my God, the amount of hype that got... The crowd were well up for that. Unfortunately, we didn't get it. Um, We just had a lot of lighter fluid all over it. Yeah. The The finish, considering that... Eddie Edwards had just kicked out of a driver from the top rope through two chairs. And then this led to the finish where Dreamer's sort of draped over a chair with his head against the back of an open chair. And um, Eddie Edwards is shining wizard. Yeah. And that was the finish. It was a really good move. Really like the move. Did that seem to come a little bit out of nowhere for you?
0: Sort of, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I don't know if it was just because the match was so fast-paced with the sort of violence. Yeah, it was one of the few proper sort of times where the I don't know they seemed to set it up. If you know what I mean, like it wasn't like they were making up as they were going along. You sort of yeah, it's like it's like the had to get to that point. And then once they did that, was it?
1: Yeah. I just I feel like it was a great spot. Really enjoyed it. Very good visual. Would it hurt enough for a finish? I don't know. You know, you've got two men in the semi-main event literally hammering railroad spikes into each other's faces. Yeah, oh, Jesus. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, but then this leads to the finish. I don't know. It. It didn't bother me too much. It was just something I wondered if it was just me that felt that way. You know, especially as he'd just kicked out of what he'd just kicked out of.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know what you mean
1: I. But we then got a little, little bit of story advancement. Um Eddie Edwards' his wife, who we haven't spoken to in a week. Alicia comes down, says, Stop this because he picked up the kendo stick. He'd gone down on his knees crying, couldn't hit Tommy Dreamer with the kendo stick anymore, just said, I'm sorry. Tommy Dreamer sort of extends his hand, they shake hands, Tommy Dreamer passes the kendo stick, a sort of passing of the torch, yeah. which was nice. He leaves, Alicia leaves, and there's a nice visual of Eddie Edwards on his own, on his knees, in the ring, crying. It's just, it's a lovely image, because obviously it shows you, you've gone to Sammy Callahan's depths, this is what it gets you.
0: It'd be interesting to see what they do coming out of it with Eddie Edwards.
1: Yeah, I've seen one spoiler, but I'm not going to I'm not gonna uh, I'm not gonna spoil it for you. Um <laughs> Join us on Thursday, by the way, where we will look at the uh, impact following Slammiversary. Um this led into our first championship match of the night. Um Matt Seidel, the current X Division champion, taking on the challenger, Brian Cage. Now there's two things I wanted to talk to you by here, Garth. Um the first was Brian Cage, who has got muscles where I didn't realise it was possible to get muscles. <laughs> that man is jacked. I oh, mean, to the point my. where his nickname is The Swalverine, which is yeah. just... I mean, at the same time, it's the worst and best nickname I've ever heard. <laughs> um, but he was taking on Matt Seidel. Now, I miss Matt Seidel. When he was ever born in the WWE, I thought he was fantastic. Um, obviously, when he was in New Japan... As a tag team with Ricochet. He was fantastic, but he enjoys the marijuana a bit too much, from what news outlets say. And yeah. good God, that was evident in his promo, wasn't it? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Basically, for those people that didn't watch this or haven't seen the um haven't seen the pay per view, Matt Seidel talks a lot about the third eye and spirituality in this promo. But it is he's very well spoken, he articulates it beautifully, but at the end of this promo, you're looking at him going, What the fuck was that?
0: Yeah. He's like um it's like <clears throat> like a like a sixties hippie, like hippie rock star or something, that's what he looks like.
1: Well if you look at his like his um his entrance video, that was very psychedelic, sort of sixties. Yeah. So that's obviously his gimmick at the moment. And obviously he came out wearing a tiger with three eyes. As a mask. Um I don't know, it was it was a very, very bizarre promo. Very bizarre. Um anyway we get to the video package which tells us that uh, Matt Seidel is the only person to ever beat Brian Cage, even if it is by a count out via distraction. And this has sort of enraged Brian Cage. Um I will start by this. Considering Brian Cage's size, the man hit a standing moonsault.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's I, fucking I, impressive. When I was watching it, I was writing, sort of writing my notes, and he came. He came. Not around, how can this guy be in the X Division? Th- that's the first thing I thought. I thought normally this is reserved for like the sort of it's sort of like the cruiserweight.
1: It's a very but, very loose cruiserweight division, isn't it? Yeah.
0: But then he does stuff like that, and you're like, nah.
1: <laughs> But then as well, you look who, you know, previous X Division champions. You've got Samoa Joe. Yeah, I suppose. So, you know, it's it is a cruiserweight division, I think, in sense, but very, very, very loosely. Very yeah. loosely. Um Matt Seidel obviously, I think, carries this match very, very well. Yeah.
0: Um, he's definitely the definitely the general in this one.
1: Yeah, absolutely. When you consider how long Matt Seidel has been around. I mean, I think they said thirteen years. Thirteen. 13 which is
0: yeah.
1: you know, fantastic. Um basically the story of the match is Matt Seidel attempting to do all these big high moves and Brian Cage just powering through him. Um, Every time he's got a move, Brian Cage counters it. Um, And then we get to a bit where Matt Seidel is sort of on the ropes whilst Brian Cage is sort of gaining momentum and he back body drops Brian Cage. I mean, that was astonishing. When you consider the size difference between Matt Seidel, who is effectively a cruiserweight, and Brian Cage, who is one of the biggest men I've ever seen, <laughs> and he back-body drops him. It's astonishing.
0: Just um, um, later in the match, he does a sort of power-bomb slam sort of thing as well on Cage.
1: Yes, he does. Again, using that momentum against him. Yeah. And Don Callis picks that up. He says, Matt Seidel, one of the fantastic people that using people's momentum against him, yeah. because Don Callis is just brilliant. I
0: love there's, that man. I really do love that thing- man. Uh, he's, I think he's excellent. He's, I've said it before, he, and I, I've like heard him say it in interviews. He, he tries to take bits of um, likes of Jesse Ventura and Bobby the Brain, yeah, and Gorilla Monsoon, all the greats. And you can tell, you can you can hear it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. He
0: he, he flip flops between sort of heel color and just sort of promoting the match.
1: Yeah, he does. He does absolutely. But then again. You know when you've got Pentagon and Sammy Callahan later on. <laughs> Don Callis he doesn't take a heel perspective of it. He just takes the you know the sort of stance of holy shit this is gruesome.
0: This is, yeah what they're doing yeah oh.
1: exactly. There's no heel commentary there. But I'd, honestly throughout the show I will say this now. Josh Matthews and Don Callis especially are fantastic. Um Josh Matthews the last time I watched Impact which was. Many, many, many years ago, Josh Impact, uh, Josh Impact, Josh Matthews okay. sort of almost innocent sort of this is the best promotion in the world when they were genuinely struggling to stay afloat yeah.
0: was really, see, really annoying. He seemed to sort of um, have to carry a couple of awkward spots as well where you, they were obviously waiting for like a cutaway. And yeah. And it didn't. And no. he was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, here, I didn't notice it at all. And I think that's because he's paired with Don Carlos, who's so experienced. Um, back to the match, Brian Cage looked gassed about halfway yeah, through I, the match.
0: I noticed that, and I noticed that he, he really wasn't selling much either. He was jumping up quite a lot. He was basically just, what's the word, like, just sort of falling over, if you know what I mean, at times. Yeah, I know what you mean. Not, and very, obviously... not very graceful. No. And
1: obviously a man of that size it's difficult to be graceful. Um but like just things like running across the ring seem to get become more and more difficult for him to do. He seemed to be you know, he seemed to be going through the motions towards the end of this match. Um he, I'm just trying to think which one now. I'm just trying to think it was a spot now, and I'm trying to think who did what. Um Matt Sardel kicks out of a discus clothesline. And that then was pretty good, yeah. There's a spot where... This is a spot I wanted to talk to you about. Evan Evan Bourne. Matt Seidel goes to the top rope and goes for an Airborne. Which, fantastic that it's still called an Airborne. Um, Genuinely, how has he come out of that spot not injured? Because as he's gone up for the Airborne, Brian Cage is clearly too close to the ropes. That's the issue that we have. And as Matt Seidel gets to the top rope, he goes for the Airborne... And as he comes down, his feet hit the ropes, and he sort that sort of twists him as he lands. Oh my god! I genuinely <laughs> thought oh shit—that's him dead. Oh my god! That's
0: that happened before. I'm sure that's happened with him before. I'm past. sure it's
1: happened before as well. Yeah. Um. Then obviously he was fine because as Brian K sort of got up, went for the drill claw, he reversed it into a snap runner. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, that wasn't enough because then we've got the powerbomb spots, which we were talking about, where um, Brian Cage literally powerbombs the living shit out of Matt <laughs> Seidel. He does two without releasing, and genuinely is like, oh my god. You know the scene with the Hulk and Loki in the Avengers? Yeah. It was literally <laughs> like that. I expected there to be a Matt Seidel sized hole in the canvas. Um, <laughs> Picked him up for the drill claw. One, two, three, Brian Cage is your new X-Division champion. Uh, what did you think of this match?
0: I thought it was good. Like, I, like we said, Seidel um, was definitely definitely the one doing the work here. And it's obviously... Like, Cage is their sort of big project at the minute. He's taken over that sort of EC3 big man spot. Yeah. Um, but... I don't know. You can tell. You can tell he's really, really sort of inexperienced. You can tell he's still quite early. Um, yeah. I mean, it was it was an all right match. It was there was nothing like wrong with it. It wasn't. It didn't set the pay, like the pay per view alike, but it was all right. As a, I don't understand giving him the title. That that seems odd because he doesn't really seem to have any real charisma. Um, and at the end he, he seemed quite. I was, I was, I was, at times I was thinking, who's the face and who's the heel? Yeah. As he seemed quite sort of arrogant and not really all that bothered about the build.
1: <laughs> I mean, I think they're just building Brian Cage to be a monster. I don't think yeah. there's much in the way of character development. I don't think there's, you know, I don't think there's going to be anything in the way of character development. I think it is just a case of, I am Brian Cage. I will rip you apart with my bare hands.
0: Be interesting to see how long he lasts. I don't know, I just think I don't know, there's there's much, much better people in that company.
1: I agree. I agree, and it'll be interesting to see who steps up to Brian Cage. Um and it'll be interesting to see him as his tile reign
0: progresses. That's I mean I I am intrigued to see how he goes with the belt. So how he sort of promos, how he sort of um how he sort of projects the belt. That's gonna be interesting.
1: Yeah, it is. Very much so. Um, we then got to an Austin Aries promo. Oh, it's so good. God, I love this man. He is fantastic. He's talking about Moose. Moose had been interviewed earlier in the night and he'd Moose had done a very, very face promo of how this was his dream. You know, everything that he'd done, every play he'd ever done in the NFL, everything he'd ever done leading up was leading to this moment, his title match at Slammiversary. And Austin Aries just ripped him apart in this promo absolutely fantastic (laughs) yeah might well be your dream but this is my reality something you've been building to for your entire life is something I do on a daily basis this thing that's your dream my comfort zone oh he was fantastic was it
0: this is um, Moose's the biggest match of Moose's career this is just a normal night for me (laughs) this is just a Sunday
1: night for Austin Aries my favourite my favourite line was what he left with though when he said you you went from the NFL to wrestling Tell me, when I beat your ass, what's going to be your third career choice? I was like,
0: "Oh, burn. <laughs> was
1: so <laughs> Shit, son! Oh, it was fantastic. It was brilliant. I must admit, the Moose promo earlier in the night was decent, but this That was good. Do you know what? Austin Aries <laughs> was criminally underused in the WWE, and it's such a shame. It really is. It is totally
0: so good. <laughs> yes.
1: Um, we then had the Knockouts Championship. Um. Between Sue Young, who is the current holder of the championship against Madison Ray. now um they built considering Sue Young has been pretty well it's been nay unstoppable um for like her entire run in impact so far, they built Madison Ray extremely strong in this match, yeah, um obviously, I know she's been knockouts champion countless times before. One thing I was interested in was the fact that her gimmick at the moment, or what they seeming what the commentary team played on a lot was she's got so much going on, she's got a family, she's got kids. <laughs> a lot of wrestlers do as well. A lot of yeah. other wrestlers do as well. Um it seemed to be, you know what, just say that she's a good wrestler. Yeah. You know, you don't need to just label it, oh, she's got kids. Yeah, so's Moose, but they don't <laughs> play on that. And you know, I know it's difficult for you know, anyone to be away from the kids for an extended amount of time it must be absolutely horrible. And please don't think I'm belittling that. I just think that you know, there's more to Madison Rain than she's a mother. She's, you know, she's also a really good wrestler. It's,
0: they're trying to just get the whole sort of sympathy card, aren't
1: they? For yeah, and I think you know they're instance. trying to build her as a face, obviously. Um, I think the
0: video again, the video was really, really good for
1: this. <laughs> I mean, it helps when you've got someone that you can do so much with, like Sue Young, you know, who's just. Just the most bizarre character I've ever seen. The zombie bride. It's Her like...
0: entrance was amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah, her entrance was fantastic. Being carried out in a coffin by her zombie bridesmaids. Who, by the way, never broke character during the match. Because they didn't go backstage. They stayed out. And do you know Stay what there. I genuinely thought throughout this match? And I know it's stupid. If they'd have built Bray Wyatt as something like this, he'd have been so much better. Yeah. Just really invested in his character. Like Impact to Doom with Sue Young. Oh, would have been infinitely better. But like you say, um, Zombie Bridesmaids bought um, Sue Young out. Um, Madison Rain jumped the bell and they started brawling. Do you know what? Madison Rain had the vast majority of this match. Mm-hmm. Um, which surprised me. Because, as I've said before, how dominantly they have built Sue Young. I expected Sue Young to put up more of a fight.
0: It was a really good sort of quote from Don Callis so he said you you can never tell if Su-young's in pain or if it's just a normal demeanor because the hair's over her face and she's sort of
1: yes walks
0: really contorted anyway.
1: She walks quite slowly across the ring but that's because of her um because of her character I feel. Yeah. That's um, what I mean yeah. throughout this match uh, Madison Rain has to fight off the zombie bridesmaids who are standing by the coffin and progressively two. Come to the ring each time, and Madison rain fights them off for a bit, then one comes down, grabs her, and as Sue Young goes to spit out blood at her, um she misses hits the bridesmaid um but the only other noticeable offense from Sue Young until the finish was a draping net breaker off the second rope, yeah after knocking Madison rain off, which looked painful, it looked really painful, but again for a for a title defense, you expect the champion to I don't know. Offer more.
0: I think. I think. I was looking at it. The fact that she's like a sort of like a horror movie character where no matter what you do to them, you don't really seem to hurt them. She seemed to just be sort of popping back up.
1: Just keeping, um, just keep kicking her and keep on com- down.
0: Yeah, just keep on coming. Yeah, it could it was, be. I think Madison Moon got quite a lot of good stuff in. She got like like um, really good sort of. Knee neck breaker thing,
1: yeah. I um, found out afterwards it's called the the raindrop, yeah. Um, I think it used
0: to be a finisher, like years yeah. They ago.
1: said, um, like sort of heartening back to a bag on and I like the fact that they did say that that Madison Rain is literally pulling everything out of the bag to try and beat so young, even a finisher she hasn't used in years.
0: Yeah. I mean, they mentioned that she'd uh, received uh messages from was it Angelina Love, who she used to be yes. the beautiful people with, <laughs> yes.
1: Oh, yeah, they mentioned the beautiful people, um. But yeah, I I suppose if you're going for that storyline, the fact that Madison Rain, whatever she hits Sue Young with, Sue Young will not stay down. Then I suppose, yeah, I can see that. Um, She goes for an inverted, like an inverted suplex, has a down, but as she's doing that, Sue Young gets the mandible claw cinched in, which um, Madison Rain sells stupendously. (laughs) That's brilliant. She sells it really well. Um, She passes out um, and Sue Young retains via referee stoppage. Um they then put Madison Rain in the coffin, carry her backstage. That's the end of that. soo Young retains, soo Young is still your knockouts champion. Do you know what? Decent match. Yeah.
0: It Decent was sure, match. It
1: was, it
0: did what it needed to do. It yeah. did
1: what he needed to do. Out of this and the Ali Tessa Blanchard match, which
0: one did you prefer? Um, character wise this one, because I just think that you Soo Young character is brilliant. But in ring stuff, probably the Tessa Blanchard
1: one. I'm exactly the same. I'm exactly the so same. I
0: think Tessa Blanchard versus Sue Young should be good. It should be, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: it certainly should. And for me, it was just what I've said before. It was the fact that Su Young, as a champion, should have offered more offense. And I know yeah. that, you know, you've got the storyline of, you know, no matter what you do, you can't keep her down. I still feel like she needed to offer more. Um, This led to. The third-to-last match, um, the Tag Team Championship 5-1, 5-0 hardcore match between two factions in the LAX Civil War. Now, me and you have joked that every time we watch Impact, LAX are the Tag Team Champions, and this was no exception. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But basically, this is LAX had regrouped, um, and king had sort of taken over the faction in conan's absence conan had come back um there had been a hit put out on conan and it turned out that king had taken out the hit on conan um king then turned to ortiz and santana and said are you going to join me are you going to recognize me as the leader of lax they said no of course we're not don't be stupid we're going to stand with conan which led to Hernandez and Homicide, the original members of LAX, from all the way back in 2005. This tag team has been yep. things since 2005. That's baffling. I, I um, love
0: Supermax as well.
1: <laughs> so they came and attacked, and this led to the match between the two. We've talked a lot about the video packages before yep. the matches. This was absolutely sensational. Yep. I loved it
0: this. had everything, because it had the history. It had... Obviously, the, like, the current storyline, but obviously um, bringing in Homicide and Hernandez, it, everything worked. Just yeah. brought it in perfectly.
1: Love the fact that they constantly cut in bits of you know 2005 footage, 2006 footage. Absolutely loved it. Thought it was a really good VIP promo package, and it was one that I can honestly say got me hyped for a match that I knew absolutely nothing about going in. Yeah, same. Mm-hmm. Um, the OGs, who are Hernandez and Homicide, um they enter through LAX's clubhouse because you know we've talked about LAX having an area every time there <laughs> is a every time there is an impact taping. Um so they enter through there, sort of a symbolic thing as though for King to say, This is my LAX now. Um Ortiz and Santana, the actual LAX, they enter through the crowd and seem to be wearing Gorillas of Destiny makeup. Um <laughs> and it's just a brawl. You know, similar to the other hardcore match, it is just a brawl with spot after spot after spot after spot. Um, There's so much going on. Um, You know, you've got Ortiz lifting up Homicide. Homicide takes a lot of the punishment for the OGs. Hernandez (laughs) takes literally nothing apart from the ladder spot, which we'll talk about in a moment.
0: Hernandez just just standing around for most of it.
1: Yeah. Also, he really neither needs to pull his trousers up or his yeah. underwear down, because yeah. the way he was wearing it was not good.
0: It's because at the beginning of the match, he, he rips his belt off. I'm guessing he'd to take it off, but that was obviously holding his pants up.
1: I did not even notice that. Did not yeah. even notice that. Um, <laughs> yeah, Ortiz carries um, Homicide, Death Valley drivers him through a table that is set up in the corner. Hernandez grabs Ortiz and sort of release, uh, raises Edges him. Through the table um, on the other side, that looks nasty as fuck. That does
0: it's called the the border toss.
1: Oh, is that what it's called? Border
0: toss.
1: (laughs) Okay, that's a great
0: That's why why I love Hernandez because he's always done that move, he's always done that, and he's always done the um sort of dive over the top rope.
1: That dive over the top rope was absolutely fantastic considering the man is the size he is just absolutely fantastic but genuinely through the table with nothing to support him with nothing to cushion the back that looked like it hurt like fuck (laughs) one thing that i did want to talk to you about did you notice king handing homicide that red bottle yes did you know what it was no i just thought it was um lighter fluid yep that is originally what i thought it was i looked again it was drain cleaner
0: Okay. So... I'm guessing, is it like an acid or something?
1: I, assu- I assume it's acidic. I, I don't know. um, But it was teased and never used. I'm guessing it's like a gang thing. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I just love the fact that it was teased and Homicide made a massive thing about, oh my God, look what I'm going to do. And then it was just never used.
0: There was a really good bit where, um, like, there was some really good sort of teamwork with by LAX um, on Hernandez with the ladder. And... You can see hear Conan in the background when Hernandez gets slammed you can hear him shout, fuck you! <laughs> right into the microphone. There's as well.
1: quite a few times that you hear Conan say, fuck you. Yeah. Um, like at the end. But oh, yeah. talking about that ladder spot, they've got Hernandez on the ladder and you've got Santana who seems to be the high flyer of the group. He does a um, leapfrog over the top of Ortiz into like a frog splash onto him. Mm-hmm. Carries on and then does a moonsault onto <laughs> Hernandez as um, Ortiz hits a leg drop at the same time. Just really good teamwork. Really um, good. Leg, leg. Another example was when they hit a top rope assisted blockbuster. Yeah. On uh, Homicide again, who seemed to take all the punishment, but that looked <laughs> really nice as well. Like I said, Hernandez spent a lot of the time on the outside, um, selling, quite poorly. Yeah, he's
0: just standing there waiting for things to happen.
1: Um, but Homicide did get offence in as well. He didn't just take ridiculous spots. He hit... Um, it was almost like a suicide dive, but he somersaulted through the ropes onto Ortiz through another table. That was just yeah. brilliant. That was really good. Um, originally, I thought Did he was look- going for a blockbuster.
0: I thought, he, I thought he'd literally hurt himself there as well. Yeah,
1: it looked, it looked very, very painful. Uh, we talked about Hernandez jumping over the top rope, which... Got everyone hyped because of, obviously, his size. Um, Conan, who I thought had been relatively muted and understated. Like King, I thought they'd have got into the match a bit more. Anyway, Conan gets up onto the top rope, distracts um, Homicide. Homicide spits in his face. Conan utters one of his many expletives, throws a bag to Santana, who empties a load of thumbtacks. Um, he throws a
0: handful into his
1: face. Throws a handful <laughs> into homicide's face, which is brilliant. Um then body slams him onto the thumbtacks, frog splashes him onto the thumbtacks, one, two, three, LAX are still your champions. Where the hell was Hernandez when this was happening? Because I don't remember Hernandez taking a big move beforehand. I have no idea. He's
0: just, just stood on the outside. Just selling. He got hit with a bin. And- <laughs> You, was busted open.
1: the amount of times people got hit with bins and bin lids in this match was just ridiculous <laughs> there was a lovely bit at the start where um, Ortiz, Santana and Homicide every time they got hit with a bin lid would be like oh my god that really hurt and every time someone hit Hernandez, Hernandez would just stand there then hit them yes. with an entire bin it was just really funny <laughs> um, the OGs obviously having lost then beat down LAX afterwards including Conan after Conan had shouted another fuck you um and had spray painted the word the letters OG on the tag titles. Luckily, Don Callis told us what it said on the tag <laughs> on the tag team belts because you couldn't see the fact oh. that they'd spray painted OG onto them because it was oh. like really, really
0: poor. I was watching it, I was thinking they're having to go over that because I haven't done it properly.
1: Exactly. You could see King going, for fuck's sake, come on. <laughs> Hulk Hogan made this look easy when he spray painted NWO yeah. on it. <laughs> Yeah, just very, very, very bizarre. But a really good match. Um, A match that I wasn't really looking forward to before coming in. Um, But, you know, the video package really helped. The spots looked savage. Again, the sort of ending came a bit out of nowhere. But altogether, a really good match. Really enjoyed it. Um, We then moved on to the semi main event, which was my match of the night. I absolutely loved this match um Pentagon Jr taking on Sammy Callahan in a hair versus match a hair versus match a hair versus mask match um good grief this was stiff <laughs> um Sammy Callahan came out wearing a um sort of a sort of body armor uh, similar to what Roman Reigns wears yeah. um which the crowd start chanting pussy at him which is quite funny <laughs> um Oh no, Coward, sorry, not Pussy. Um so they have a standoff Pentagon and Sammy Callahan and Sammy Callahan gets a slap obviously on the body armor. Everyone starts chanting Coward. So he opens up the body armor and goes, "Go on then Pentagon, give me all you've got." And Pentagon shushes the crowd, hits him with this slap and it takes all of the air out of Sammy Callahan and yeah. he's honestly the sound it was like someone had slapped someone with a belt. It was ridiculous. It was so and Sammy sort of... Callahan sold it fantastically.
0: Because he sort of rolls out the ring, and he's desperately trying to get the vest back up. <laughs> yeah, for the next
1: like five minutes of the match as well. Um Callahan then hits um Pentagon with a chair to turn the tides before producing railroad spikes. <laughs> you know, in a hardcore match on WWE 2K18 and you go under the ring, and you're lucky you've got, oh, right, I've got bikendo kendo sticks, I've got chairs, I've got ladders, I've got bins. Never are railroad spikes an option. Why would anyone have them? In the hardcore matches, nobody used them in the hardcore matches.
0: I didn't, I didn't even realise this was a sort of no DQ or anything. No, I
1: didn't. At one point, Don Callis had to um, sort of elaborate and say, the referee has said that he's going to be very lenient in this match. Because most of the match took place on the outside as well. Yeah. So there was obviously was no the, count outs. I mean,
0: just after this as well, like there's a really good spot where Sammy Callahan's like ripped the mask and he sort of draws the blood. But mm. I think I think it was sort of strategic because you could you could see his face through the mask. Yeah. So I think they drew the blood so it covers it.
1: Yeah, possibly.
0: Possibly. And then he t- then he ties his mask to the to the rope
1: yeah and just attacks him which is ace yeah. um before that they're on the outside and they start slapping each other in the face oh jesus um, and pentagon honestly catches um sammy callahan it's the most fleeting shot but it's like a firecracker <laughs> honestly as a, he just he just stood up afterwards as well I was like my jaw yeah. would come off if anyone hit me like that jesus christ um there was a lovely, there was a lovely moment where uh, Pentagon has got Sammy Callahan between his legs, which sounds weirder than I meant it to, um, and is trying to drive a spike into Sammy Callahan's head with a baseball bat, and reminiscent of when Sammy Callahan missed the chair and hit Eddie Edwards in the eye, Pentagon missed the spike and hit uh, Sammy Callahan in the eye yeah. with the baseball bat, which with, I thought was nice. Button, yeah. <laughs> um, he then manages to game in the head with the spike. At this point, both of them are absolutely pissing blood. It's a, it's that sound when he hits the,
0: the nail with the bat.
1: Yeah. It was when he was hitting the nails together that you were like, Oh shit, yeah. they're they're actual nails. There was a lovely moment where um someone started chanting sucker dick at Sammy Callahan <laughs> and Sammy Callahan just started licking the uh the railroad yeah. spikes in a very seductive way. He <laughs> was like, I'm not okay with that, Sammy Callahan, weirdly. <laughs> um They then the Pentagon tosses Sammy Callahan a railroad spike and they start nineteen forties dueling yeah. like fencing it just, with the
0: spikes. He does a sort of a uh, he does a sort of rock like bring it.
1: It was with the, I loved it. it. I loved that. And then they followed Do it up by setting two chairs opposite each other and just <laughs> slapping the shit out of each other, proper <laughs> new Japan style. Oh, it was amazing. Um, at this point, then um, they get up and they both go to attack each other with chairs. I say both of them. Pentagon really struggles to get his chair to fold down. Yeah. And in the end, Sebi Callahan, having waited for like two seconds, just kind of goes, I'm going to have okay. to hit you. yeah, Because otherwise it just looks like I'm waiting for you. Which I just thought was really funny because you can still almost see Pentagon just go, come on, fucking hit me while I'm doing this because yeah. I can't get it down. <laughs> um, the Chris brothers then intervene with the worst intervention ever. Basically, oh. both of them in the in the lead up have had their arms broken by Pentagon. And they come to intervene, and Pentagon instantly knocks them both off the corner with the t- with a chair, Oof. and that's it. It was like, what a pointless introduction. No.
0: What What's a, a pointless was it, interference. Was, was it just to get like the powder to him was it
1: I think it was just to give time for the salt, which wasn't really mentioned, uh, into the ring. So um, Sammy Callahan picks up salt, throws it in. I mean, we're, to assume it's salt. They just said white powder, but I assume it's not yeah, cocaine because um, that was a lot of cocaine if it was. Picks yeah. up salt, launches it into Pentagon's eyes. And Pentagon, in a state of sort of blind fury, knocks out the ref, then breaks his <laughs> arm, which was brilliant. Then regains his vision, realises, starts apologising to the ref. Sammy Callaghan goes for him, misses. Pentagon picks him up into a Pentagon driver. Obviously, the ref can't count because he's got a broken arm. So Sammy Callahan then hits a pile driver onto two chairs, which would have won the match. Obviously, the referee has a broken arm, so still can't count. So a new referee, who was all of five years old.
0: Yeah, he's absolutely pegging it down the ring as well. He
1: was. He looked about 12, which was just ridiculous. (laughs) He comes down, obviously. um, Pentagon kicks out at two um, because of the amount of time the ref had taken to get down. We then had, unbelievably, Pentagon set up four chairs no, Sammy Callahan, sorry, set up four chairs yeah. and the two men stood on them and Pentagon hit a fear factor through the four chairs. And Sammy Callahan kicked out at two. Out.
0: That that was that that was one of those ones where I was I was like, but that's it. And then he kicked out and I was like, That Holy had shit. to
1: be the finish. I was like, what the fuck? How was he kicked <laughs> out of that to the point where I even started writing? I've had to scribble out on my notes because I was like fear factor through chairs for win. Fear Factor through chairs for the, two count. <laughs> the, the crowd were unbelievable as well. They had bought into it as well. The crowd were ace. The crowd were brilliant throughout this. Um, however, then, obviously, having not got the th- uh, the three count, he eventually does manage to break, kayfabe break, an in inverted commas, Sammy Callaghan's arms, hit him with a Fear Factor for the three count. Um, I will just remind you that the commentary team sold it, that Sammy Callahan had broken his arm. Okay? Now, at this point, after the pinfall, the Chris Brothers intervene again to try and give Sammy Callahan time to escape because he's having his hair cut. Um, Pentagon fights them off extremely easily. Um, Sammy Callahan escapes to the back where he's then super kicked into oblivion by yeah. Phoenix, who brings him back to the ring. Um, and he's then held in place by Phoenix so the Pentagon can cut his hair. He's held in place by his arms. Yeah. (laughs) Which Savvy Callaghan has completely forgotten to sell. But we will forgive him for the way he sold his haircut. That was brilliant. Because he sold his haircut amongst this. Don't forget, he's now got this blood pissing down his face. He's got snot running down his nose into his mouth. It's got spit in his beard. It just. He looks like a broken man. And then my favourite crowd chant ever shave his beard
0: being beard, yeah. Which Sammy smile. Callahan
1: looks at Pentagon and goes, please don't, please don't. He was
0: like, yeah, he's like, no, no.
1: <laughs> then Pentagon, once he's finished with that, goes, because security have come down to stop the Chris brothers interfering again, and Pentagon goes with the Razor to go and attack Jake Crist.
0: <laughs> yeah. And they
1: have to stop him doing it, going, no,
0: no. The ref takes it often, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah.
1: Phoenix is just like, just calm down now. Just calm down. <laughs> uh, but yeah, what a fun match. What a great really, match.
0: Yeah, um, really, really good.
1: Yeah. And it looked like there had been great build, just a really good match, and it deserved all the hype it got. Speaking of hype, this led us to our main event, which was Austin Aries, your current Impact World Champion, taking on Moose um, mm-hmm. for the Impact World Championship. Good match. Yeah.
0: Um, good and the, match. And Moose is, like, the crowd are massive in the Moose. Good grief, little that little... man is
1: over. But do you know what? For a heel, Austin Aries is over as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, Brilliant. you've got dueling chance of Moose, Austin Aries. And, you know, considering Austin Aries is the heel, you know, he's this arrogant prick, which he plays so well. Yeah. You know, that's that proves you're doing a good job, really, when you're still over despite being a prick.
0: I just um, love the whole um, where he sort of dodges Moose's attacks and does that thing where he lies across the corner.
1: As so though to go. Is that all you've got?
0: Is that, it? yeah. Um oh, I have to know what the, the ring announcer for this match doing his best think impression.
1: Oh, yeah, we yeah. should say that of the belt, um, the person in charge of holding the belt um, oh, was yeah. a member of the Toronto Blue Jays whose name escapes me, because yeah. I forgot to write it down. Um, he plays a minimal part in the match. It doesn't really affect anything, really. Um Austin Aries basically tries to chop Moose, and Moose just kind of, for lack of a better word, mooses up. I was going to say, yeah. And um, <laughs> hits this headbutt on Austin Aries that knocks Moose over as well. It was just an, oh my God. It was like that crack was just, oh my God.
0: And that, that flip-up as well that he did.
1: Yeah, he does the kip-up, which is fantastic. Got the crowd going. Um, the fight's on the outside very, very quickly. Um, Aries is against the barricade. Moose runs at him. And Aries flips him up over the barriers into the crowd through a load of chairs, which the crowd painful, loved.
0: Like,
1: but, say again? looked
0: pretty painful. It
1: did look very painful. Gets it, So like, get...
0: move, move the crowd out of the way, but leave your chairs. <laughs>
1: yeah. um, which, again, looked extremely painful. A um, lot of action in the ring. Moose got Ares in the corner, hits him with a series of kicks, which he got a lot of airtime on those kicks. Mm-hmm. A lot of airtime.
0: Um, and there's a, um, a really good bit where Austin's sort of slapping him and then he sort of tricks him and pokes him in the eye. <laughs> yeah.
1: Proper heel, Proper heel. yeah um, They get onto the ramp and Ares yells for everyone to move, so they all move. Then Moose reverses it and launches Ares into the crowd onto, you know, in inverted commas, crowd members. Yeah. But it's, you oh, know, yeah. obviously plant. Um, But that looked really good as well. Uh, Moose manages to hit Ares with a brain buster, his own brain buster, and a spear. And Ares just gets his hand to the ropes. Um, that, um,
0: that elbow as well. Oh, the discus Moose. forearm. on um, Yeah, sorry, on, on Moose when he's just about to dive out the ring.
1: Oh, God, yeah. There's a couple. There's a couple of really stiff elbow shots. Because there's one, the one you were talking about when uh, Ares is going for the suicide dive, and Moose yeah. just elbows him out of the way. And Aries ends crum- up halfway back across the ring. It just crumbles. <laughs> but then you've got the discus forearm from Aries on Moose. Then you've got Moose's clothesline, which genuinely, I think, rather than just doing a 360 flip, Aries did about 540 degrees. <laughs> he just kept going, just kept spinning. It was incredible. Um, there was a wonderful moment when I've never seen a reversal like this. Moose went for a spear. And Airy sort of dodged it, but at the same time grabbed Moose's head and went for the last chancery, yeah. which looked... It was an excellent visual, really, really good. It was really well-worked. And you know I talked about how the transition in the women's match between Tessa Blanchard and Allie, and how it was a bit clunky. This yeah. was just... Oh, it was seamless. It yeah, looked brilliant. so good. Um, as I said before, um, Moose hit a brain buster and a spear, but Aery's got his hand to the rope. Ares hit a brain buster onto Moose on the outside, which looked horrifically painful. Um, he managed to get back into the ring in time. Ares goes for the belt, but mysterious Toronto Blue Jays man stops him getting the belt. Um, Ares gets a low blow. Brain buster, retains the championship. Yeah. It was a
0: really good match.
1: It really, was. really good. It was a really good match. It's my first match I've seen Moose in, and I yes. was... Impressed. Um, Austin Aries is always fantastic, and I've written in my notes just criminally, criminally underused by the WWE. Yeah. That man—he's a man you can build a company around. But altogether, what a show! Yeah, what a show. Um, it's rightfully got far more buzz about Impact Wrestling, and do you know what? I hope that they do get more numbers on the TV show. It'd be interesting to see the. Um, the amount of people that watched the Impact After Slammiversary yeah, com- compared yeah. to the sort of the Go Home, just to see how this pay per view has sort of driven numbers up. Um But yeah, it's got me very excited for Bound for Glory, which we had um, an advert for coming in October from New York. Yeah, looking forward to that.
0: Yeah,
1: but yeah, what a I show! Mean,
0: straight away, it's like f- just the fallout from the pay per view is exciting.
1: There's a lot of storylines going forward. Where does Moose go? What does Sammy Callahan do? Who is Pentagon going to take on next? You know, what is who's Eddie gonna, Edwards going to do next?
0: Yeah, who's going to be challenging Ares?
1: Who's going to be challenging Sue Young? Some, who's going to be challenging Brian Cage?
0: Yeah.
1: What's Brian Cage's, you know, it, what's his, reign's gonna, what is his reign going to be like? Genuinely, I'm excited to watch the episode and review it for you on Thursday. Yeah. But yeah, what a fantastic show. I'm out of breath. (laughs) Genuinely, what a show. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, As I've said, programming-wise, Chris will be back tomorrow to discuss days five to eight of the G1 Climax because, unfortunately, unfortunately, he's he's got a lot of endurance, has Chris? Considering he's got to watch every single G1 match and every single G1 show. That's a lot of wrestling for anyone, no matter how much you enjoy wrestling. Um, join me, me and Garth on Thursday where we will be reviewing the Impact after Slammiversary and Ring of Honours TV taping on Tuesday um, in the meantime talk to us on Twitter on Facebook, what did you think of Slammiversary are you hyped to see Impact Wrestling, what do you think is going to happen, sort of following this show heading into Bound for Glory you can talk to me on Twitter at, at RealRobGoodwin, Garth where can they find you yeah, at Drummer Jackson. And in the meantime, thank you so much for listening, guys. We'll see you again soon.
0: Yeah, see you later, guys. Cheers.